0: You're listening to episode number 241, and today is another Jesus Therapy podcast. Today, we're starting the year out on a new foot with a new story and a new narrative. Today, it's all about writing a new narrative for the new year. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place where I believe you were made for living well. Like living well and stepping into health is not some far off chase that you have to try to achieve, but it's here in the everyday and the present living. And that is what I want to help you do. Now, health is not just about what you eat and how you move. Yeah, those things matter but honestly, they don't matter nearly as much as we thought them to be, as we make them out to be. And we invest our lives and our livelihood into chasing things that at the end of the day matter, but don't have the ability to completely transform your life the way that you hope it does. So today we're diving into another Jesus Therapy podcast, which is the place and the act of transformation that comes from the heart. This is where real and lasting change happens in the heart of who we are, not in our body, not even in our mind, but it comes from our belief system, those things deep down in the core of who we are that we've created a story out of. And today we're gonna start to shift that story because the last thing that I want this year is for you to go into another year with the same resolutions, with the same goals that you've always had, only this time expecting new results. But really, that's kind of the definition of insanity, right? It's doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. Now, don't get me wrong. We've all done this and we've all been here. And I get you want health. You want change. You want to experience freedom and abundance and peace and joy and really the things that are going to come from a change in heart, from a transformed heart. So today, I hope that this podcast leaves you transformed or at least gives you kind of some glimmer of hope of what it takes to transform your heart so that you can transform the whole of who you are. Now, like I mentioned, this is not to replace your Sunday services, but this is truly just to ignite some sort of passion inside of you that makes you realize that we were not designed to live independent lives dependent only upon ourselves but we're dependent beings, a part of a larger picture inside of a huge story that we get to be a part of. And I want to help make that an exciting thing that you get to walk out this year and future years to come. So I hope this podcast inspires you. It encourages you to dig into your Bible, to go to your local church and to be filled with, by true change, lasting change, and that is a change in your belief systems and the stories that you tell yourselves. Now, we're gonna dive into all of that today, but before we get there, I do wanna remind you that if you have questions, if you're looking for more, make sure you head on over to livingwell.com. I have lots of articles over there that will help give you an idea of what it is that we believe and how we can help spur you on in your own journey, of your own faith-based journey to live out of who you were designed to be, who God designed you to be. Now, make sure you head on over there. There's also a blog post that goes along with today's podcast, which will help dive in more about this idea of changing the narrative. If you have further questions, make sure you send us a message over at thelivingwell.com and we will get back to you with answering any questions that you have or any prayer requests that you need. We are here for you. So again, head on over to thelivingwell.com and check that out. Now, while you're there, you're going to find that the Nourish Planner is on sale for 2022. Yes, the new year is upon us, and the planner is out, and this is truly a tool that is going to help take what we're learning in these Jesus Therapy podcasts along with all the other health information, and it's going to marry them together into a life planner that really is this tool that helps you transform your life from chasing life to actually living life, and it's a really beautiful thing. Now, the thing about this is the planners are almost gone. Like literally there's less than 50 planners left, not many boxes at all. And I would love to get them in the hands of you because I believe in you. And I believe that tool can help transform your life this year. So again, check that out at thelivingwell.com. Now, today we're going to dive right into the Jesus Therapy Podcast. I'm going to open it up with some information about stories. Now, As you know, and if you've listened to the previous Jesus Therapy podcast, which was the very first one, you know, I kind of like to combine the idea of faith with our biology to recognize that we're not just separate systems. We don't just have a soul. We are a soul. And we don't just have a body. We are our body and how they're all working together. So you're going to find today that yes, we dive into the faith aspect, but I also have a lot of biology information to share with you because God created our bodies to be in cohesion with the word of God. And I want to show you how those two things are married and how if we can work with them, work together in our mind, body, and soul, we can truly transform the whole of who we are and actually achieve those things that we've set out to do. Not to just set more resolutions and be stuck in those resolutions, but to actually create the change that you're looking for, to break up with our unsatisfaction for the things that will truly never satisfy us, and to be satisfied in the one who will. Now today we're going to talk about stories, because here's the truth, our biology runs on stories. And what I know is that if you're trying to change your body, if you're coming to me looking just for health, or if you're going to the world looking for self-help, the only answer to change comes from the story that we tell ourselves. So that means if you're looking for health change, but you constantly remind yourself of the story that you've told yourself, or the story that's been placed upon you, that you're fat, that you're overweight, that you'll never be healthy, you'll never truly achieve health without changing that story. Stories matter. And our entire lives have been lived based on a story. We are a living design of stories. Our life has always been a story and it will always be a story. You see, the thing is, the stories aren't bad. They're actually really good. It is the intended design of our body. Our stories become our way of life. But we have to see that because our stories become our way of life, they become the outcome that we experience. And if we're not truly satisfied with the outcome that that we were experiencing, then we have to go back and we have to dig into the stories and start to transform our view of what these stories are to be the intended design of who we were called to be. And these stories, they start in our heart. And what's so cool about our heart, or what you could consider your soul, is this is a place that houses your emotions, your memories, in your perspectives, which changes our thought patterns or your mind, changing the whole of your biology. So transformation is what we're after, and that comes through a heart change. And that's what we're going to do by starting to shift our idea of what we've believed into the truth of who God called us to be. And for many of us, there is a resounding difference between the story that we've lived and the story of who we're intended to be. And if we can shift that into our intended design, I really believe that's the place where peace, that surpasses all understanding, where joy and happiness and and fulfillment and satisfaction, all of the things that we're longing for the world to bring come from with the shift and what we tell ourselves. And the shift of what we have believed, in the shift of taking what's happened to us and transforming it to the good of who we are. So today we're diving into stories so that you don't have to find a new you, but you can live out of the real you. Now on the last Jesus Therapy, we broke down old stories and patterns that we so easily entangle ourselves in. Like we talked about the Israelites who had been saved from slavery in Egypt, who had crossed through the Red Sea and are now in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. Now we know God's intended design or the story for the Israelites was to be redeemed from slavery and passed into the promised land where they would own the land, where they would have the fruit of the world and no longer be subject to slavery. However, what we found in that story is that the Israelites got stopped in the wilderness not because of God or because of God's plan, but because of their own unwillingness to change the story of their past and transform it into the story of their intended design. So as the story progressed, we saw that yes, the Israelites crossed the Red Sea and are standing in the wilderness. And when they were in the wilderness, they decided to send out some spies to check out the promised land, to really like kind of dive into that future story of like, is this good? Is this real? Is this something that I can, you know, surrender my hope to? So they send out these spies and they go in and they scout the promised land and they brought back fruit from the land. They saw the provision of the land, but they also did see that there was some enemies in the land. But instead of having faith in the story that God wrote for them, most of them came back with this depiction of the promised land as being negative, as being scary, as really an act of going back into slavery, the place that they had just been delivered from, and they decided it wasn't worth it. In fact, the promised land, the better story seemed far scarier than just going back into the land of Egypt and living as slaves for the rest of their lives. But God in His goodness doesn't stop there. And there happened to be one spy who came back from scouting the land. His name was Caleb, who declared, no, 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 this is good. We can do this because of God. We can defeat the enemies of the promised land, and we can go in and take the land God had promised. He didn't just live out of his old story, the old story of slavery, but he had in the wilderness and the provisions that he had already seen God provide and the way God had shown up, he had already started to transform the old story of slavery into a new story of God's promises. And because of that, he was able to change his entire perspective outside of all the other spies and say, no, this land is good. No, we have the power, the God of Israel on our side that will defeat the enemies before we go in that will go before us and behind us and all around us and help us move into the land that was promised to us. And because of his faith, because he changed the story, he was one of two people out of potentially 2 million people who actually was able to walk themselves into the promised land and experience the glory of God. All the other ones and their disbelief and staying stuck in old patterns and old stories actually just died in the wilderness. And my fear is a lot of us are here. Like we had faith enough to get saved into God's promises. We had faith enough to get saved into the eternal hope of God, but we don't really have the faith to live out of that hope here on earth. And yes, that's a broad statement. And I don't want to say that is for everyone. But what I am trying to get us to see and for myself to see is that what we've gone through should not be the thing that stops us from living out of God's true story for us, but it should be the thing that propels us to live a present-centered life, knowing how the story ends, knowing that God's story is better than any story that we could ever fabricate for ourselves. And I don't want us to get stuck in these generational patterns and traumas and sins that have been, The story of who we are and how we became, but they don't have to continue to be our story. Now, next year, we're going to talk a lot more about generational sins and speaking faith and um, not closing doors that are meant to be open. But before the year begins, I really just want us to land on the story God has intended. Because here's the truth. We are not called to be stuck in the story of the past. We are not people designed to be stuck in a story that other people placed over us, but we are meant to be a character and the greatest story ever told, and that is God's story. Just as Caleb and Joshua saw a greater story outside of the story of where they've been delivered from, they saw that in the middle of their deliverance, God was there the entire time, and he is trying to write a better story. Just as he is with you and me and all of us. Caleb and Joshua acted differently. And I think this year, God is calling us to different too, because the same hasn't worked. And I think that's where we find ourselves every single January 1st, in the same place with the same resolutions, maybe with new hope, but maybe not, right? We're always in the same place, striving for more, striving to write a better story for ourselves, trying to be our own hero, instead of taking it Caleb's and Joshua's way of letting God be the hero and taking it upon ourselves to be an active role in His story, not our own story. And you might be like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to write my story. I want to be the author. But I hope by the end of this podcast, you're going to be like, hold up. There is no freedom in being my own author. This is actually where we become stuck, is when we try to dictate our life rather than surrendering to the one who brings us life. So this year, I want us to to do things differently because God calls us to a different story, to speak a different story because what we speak becomes our way of life. Are we going to speak faith or are we going to speak frustration? Are we going to speak faith or are we going to speak failure? Are we going to speak faith or are we going to speak fallacy? This year, God wants to write a new story and speak that over our lives to speak it into existence just like he did over all of the earth. But I think to do this, we really have to go back to the foundations of how we've created our life. And the foundations, the basement of our life, the places in the deepest parts of us are often constructed based on a false story. They're constructed based on what's been done to us or the mistakes that we've been made. And this year, it's time to dig up the root of trying to be our own hero and building an empire for ourselves and instead to tear that all down and build a foundation in Christ. And what I truly know is that this is the only way we'll get healthy. We will never truly get healthy if our foundation is built on the fact that someone hurt us deeply. And because of that, we have to self-protect. We'll never truly get healthy if we've built a story on what other people have taken from us, or what other people spoke over us, or the lies that this world has tried to get you to believe. The only way we'll get health is to let God be the author of our lives. Meaning, I don't want to live another year frustrated by my health or my weight or my lack of whatever because I'm satisfied in something so much bigger. I want us to stop wasting life, chasing a life that will never actually bring us life. It's truly a lose-lose. When we have every ability to stop chasing and start living, when we surrender to the one who is life to get unstuck and make forward progress, and to grow in present-day living. Because stories matter to God. Now, I'm going to tell you why stories matter to God and how our biology actually transforms with the stories we tell ourselves. But let's just start with the beginning, because the Bible opens up with, in the beginning, God. Like, in the beginning is the, the epitome of the beginning of a story, right? The first few words of the Bible start the greatest story ever told. And, and truly, it just shows that stories are God's idea. Like, God is the one who created stories, which is why I think he stops at nothing to rewrite your story back to the way he intended it. Stories are a powerful tool, and honestly, we're just all living in the middle of a story. We're shaped by stories, we're born into stories, we are raised in stories, and we live and die stories. Stories make us who we are. They create the outcome of our life. Now, the biology lesson in all of this is that your stories that you tell yourself create the outcome that you see. Like everything inside of your body and your biology or your physiology is working on what's called feedback loops. If you've been around here any length of time, you know I talk about feedback loops. And these loops that our body goes through, whether they're negative loops or positive loops, are run off of stories. They're run off the perspective of life. Now, this is so important to your body because your body is constantly on the lookout for threats. It doesn't like to live just searching for threats. It, its intended design is to live in a state of thriving, to have this open flow of energy that allows you to live out of this present day living. But... Based on survival, your body also has the power to to protect itself when it feels threatened. And so your body is constantly weighing your environment, what you're encountered with, fabricating a message to the body that's either a state of thriving or surviving. And how your body determines whether it's a state of thriving or surviving is often based on these feedback loops. It's based on what level of threat your body is feeling and how your body is going to either support that story or dismiss that story. So if I back this up to just be a little bit more clear, like again, your body is working off these feedback loops. When something captures your attention, what happens is your body gives that thought energy. When something takes energy, your body starts to pinpoint is this something I need to react to or can I let it go? Now, that sentence alone is a really powerful thing because if we can start to pay attention to what our body is holding on to and what it's choosing to let go, we can start to recognize that its decision to hold on to or let go is going to change the entire course of your biology and the outcome you see. And that decision stems from a story. And not just the story you're currently telling yourself, but the story of where you've been and what you've encountered. Like let's say for instance, someone tells you something negative about yourself. And a lot of our unhealthy ways and unhealthy patterns, those hurtful things capture our attention. And if we haven't gone through the work to change our story, what happens is those hurtful things often get backed up by stored memories of other hurtful things people have told us making sense of why your body reacts in such a negative way as a means to protect yourself. Because in some ways your body believes that story is true, it doesn't like it, therefore it's going to go into an act of self-protection to try and protect the inner core of who you are from being hurt. Creating a feedback loop of survival. Now on the other hand, if you change that story and someone says something negative to you, You can start to dismiss that or let that go based off of the news story you've told yourself. That while you might have believed that in the past, what you know today is that is not true. And if you can add truth into that story, if you can add positive truth, healthy truth into that story, it stops the negative feedback loop. It prevents you from entering into survival because that no longer is a threat and it allows your body to move back into that state of thriving it's always a choice of is that story a threat or is it not? And how it determines that is based on the story. So really, everything in our biology is just constantly working based off the stories that we're telling ourselves. The way your body digests food is based on the story you tell yourself about the food that you're eating. The perspective in which you eat food matters to what your body does with that food. Like everything in our body is working on feedback loops It's also why your body becomes so desperate to try to finish stories because a finished story creates the action. An unfinished story becomes a problem in our lives. Our body loves closed loops. And if we can't find an ending to the loop, most often we'll make assumptions to close that loop for ourselves. So if we're stuck in the middle of our story, our minds become fixated on it because a story without an ending is a threat leading your body to release adrenaline and cortisol to keep your mind attached to what the ending could be or to keep your mind focused on how to end the story. So even when the story isn't finished, like even the end of our life, right? Like we all have a lot of story left in us, but because it isn't finished, honestly, we're always kind of trying to finish it. And I think this is why we like so many plans and why we have so many ideas for ourselves is because if we can create a vision for ourselves, in some ways we can finish that story to create some kind of satisfaction in our life so that our ending doesn't have to be a threat. It's why we like to control our life, right? Because in some ways, if we don't try to control the ending of our life, that out of control feeling makes it feel like a threat. We take what's been done to us and we allow it to become the ending of our story, which becomes a place that we hate. And so instead of that, we try to really just finish our own stories, make assumptions about how things are going to go, creating the expectations that we live for, when in the end, most of those things never end up happening, leaving us frustrated and feeling out of control. But that's the power of a closed loop. When the loop is closed, the story is finished and you can move forward. The story ends. Without it, we often get stuck repeating old patterns trying to write better endings. So bad stories or bad stories from our past create a drive for control, most often keeping us stuck in the awareness that bad things are happening and making us hyper-focus on the bad things that could happen while working to protect your inner core. This is a negative feedback loop at its finest and why so many people are stuck, because we're trying to be author of a story that we really don't have control over. But we become our own author because life feels too terrifying not to. So we write an ending, and that's where we birth most of our self-talk and our action. And in the health space, many of us have already written a story of disease— of being overweight, and we have written the ending while desperately trying to change the outcome. The problem is we're always working against ourselves. So we stay stuck looking for ways to fix ourselves, trying to be an author in a story that we aren't writing, which always leads to fear and control. It's truly terrorizing for so many of us and why we tend to compartmentalize our life. Because if we can box things up to our health and we can box things up in our work life, and our personal life, then in some ways we can start to manage what feels unmanageable. But in the end, honestly, we just become our worst enemy. Like we are the masters of our own misery just by trying to write a story that we were never author of. Truly the design is to let God be the author and just be a character in that story. And there's a lot of freedom in that. Even if it seems like you're giving up control, You are, because you believe in a God who has all control, because you know the ending. The loop is sealed, and it's perfect. A happy ending always leads to happy, positive loops that lead to positive outcomes, loops that we can build our entire life out of even when we don't know how it ends, even when it hurts, even when it doesn't make sense or go as planned. We know, but God But God, he does, and we can rest in that. And I think this is why stories are so powerful to God, because in his loving design that we can't even begin to logically understand, God knew that while we couldn't know every detail, if we knew the ending, we could survive every detail. And not just survive, but thrive in every detail. He knew that we might not need to know the exact plan, but we just needed to know the ending. And He gave us the perfect ending of a life that never ends. And honestly, when I think about that, like when I think about our biological need to close loops and our biological drive to formulate an ending, to create some kind of survival pattern inside of our life, that God in His loving design knew this. And because of this, He showed us the end. He didn't show us every detail of our life from here on out because we're supposed to live dependent lives upon Him, but He showed us what we needed to complete the loop. If you are a believer in Christ, your story ends in perfection. It ends in eternity spent in the perfect world with Christ. Like there isn't a better ending than the one He wrote for us and the one He promised those who are in Him, those who love Him. And because of that ending, It gives us great freedom to not to try to formulate a future, not try to fixate on what could be, but that we can live in peace and harmony in the present moment, taking into account everything he's given us right here. And if we really look at change, if we really want to start to live life, it happens in the present living, which can only happen when we surrender our future to a God who knows the ending, who wrote the ending, and we can trust that His promises will be fulfilled. And honestly, this story loop that He started before we formed is a foundation that can change your life. If you choose to be a character in God's redemptive plan for earth and his people, rather than a bystander trying to force your version of life into a self-created plan that will always fail, it's exhausting. And honestly, it just never works. I've tried it. Most of us have. Trying to be our own God, worshiping things that truly never satisfied, while living frustrated that we're always frustrated. It's the health space at its finest. And honestly, what I believe is one of the greatest distractions of life today, health. Like the devil has played that card well. Making you believe that health is the goal of life when health was designed as a tool to live out of your life. See how twisted our view is and how much that changes the story? Because when health is a goal, it becomes all-consuming. It becomes a God that you feel like you need to change, leading you to micromanage life and live frustrated by it. But when you realize your health is a tool to live life out of the story God wrote for you to live, you can stop living for health and start working with your body to provide what it needs to live. Really, you stop making your body the problem and you start to see it as a vehicle for living. You stop writing a story that your body is the villain or that your body is the answer and you start to live for the true and honest story, the story that will satisfy. And that's being on character in God's redemptive plan. And I know that was a lot because what I really wanna talk to you today is that Jesus has written a better story for your life, a story of redemption, of truth, of joy, of peace, of eternity. And I wanna know, like this year, Will you accept that story and choose this year to live out of that story? To be a character in the greatest story ever told, that is what you were made for. And the cool thing about story living, rather than ideas, is that story living involves all of who you are. It involves your mind, your emotions, your spirit, your body, because faith calls us to live in a certain way, not just think a certain way. Like God didn't have to use stories, but he did. He could have just used a series of commands, but in his loving design, he gave us a framework, a foundation built in stories that we could pass on from generation to generation, that we could be an active participant in. And the story was one that he crafted before we were in existence at the beginning of the Bible with the words, in the beginning, God. He is in your story and he's formulating your story. Now, before we go, I have three points that I want to leave you with as you start to craft a new story for the new year. And not just a new story, but the original story to live out of the real you, the one God called you to be, because in that comes all satisfaction. So the first point is, is God is the author of your story. Yes, I know. In a world of self-help everything, we've been led to believe that you are your hero, your own hero, right? It's the hero's journey. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But really, what we have to know is that we are not the author of the story. And praise God, we're not the author of our story. This is God's story. We're just a part of it. And not just a part of it, but He's created us to be a character in it. And I know that feels backward from what the world tells us, to find the path of least resistance to the highest level of success, chasing a life and trying to fix our life because deep down we know we're broken, but we can't expose the brokenness in a world striving for perfection. I mean, that is the hero's journey, but we can't be the hero. We'll never be the hero because you can't fix what is broken with something broken. You can't fix yourself because you and the whole of who you are are broken, and you're looking for a better story, and really, you're looking for a savior, and we'll never be that because we're broken. It's only in what God fashioned for you and in you that allows you to fully live. I think there's freedom in that, that we can surrender to the one who created us also probably knows best for us. The one who has counted the hairs on our head and formed us perfectly in our mother's womb. The one who was and is and has been before anything else. And the one who called you his own. That's who we need to surrender to and what great freedom that should bring to us. That we don't have to try to figure this all out on our own. And the story that we have written that has kept us stuck in the places that we hate doesn't have to be our home. There is something better. We can break up with our current story to enter into his story. So we have to know that God is the author. We are not. And because he is author, nothing is outside of his perfect control or his perfect timing. And I think there's great peace when we can surrender to the fact that everything that is, God knows. And everything that hurt, God promised to renew because everything we need is part of his story if we choose to be a part of it. And I think choosing to be a part of it and understanding this, we have to go back to the beginning, which is point number two. Go back to the beginning to realize that in the beginning, God, from the front to the back of the Bible is a story showing God's plan and his redemption and his coming to earth to not just author our story, but to be a character in the story and desiring to walk hand in hand with you. Like God is not just the author of the story, but he is the main character of the story. He is the hero of the story who is walking this earth with you. And I think so often we push God away because we're so busy trying to be the author of our own story and trying to perfect our own story and trying to get a handle on the chaos that is our story. When what God's asking us to do is to say, hey, let me come here. Let me walk with you. Let me carry you through the things that you cannot possibly walk through without me. I'm here, will you use me to walk this story with you? We have to stop pushing God away and start living his story. But we all kind of push him away, right? Just like the Israelites in the last story we talk about, they constantly try to push God away and live out of their past story, which if I remind you, their solution to their problem was not to cross into the promised land, having faith in the one who promised them the promised land, But their solution was to go back into the place that they hate. Their solution was just to go back into the hand of Egypt, where at least they were fed, even if it meant that they would be slaves for the rest of their life. And that's what our logical brain does. And why sometimes this this idea of God is so hard for us to fathom is because our logic, egotistic brain wants us to see life out of only what's been done to us, out of only the past, which leads us to formulate our future based on what's been done to us, and that is not ideal. That is why so many people are stuck in negative feedback loops, because the logical brain keeps us stuck in everything that's been done to us, and it doesn't allow us to have the faith and the belief that there could be better things ahead. And this is the Israelites' logical brain, right? Is like, yeah, crossing into the promised land, Defeating the Canaanites, that's terrifying. That seems like there's no possible way. But God, only through God, because God walked with them, because he wasn't just author, but he was here fighting for them, they were able to do that. But if God had not stepped in, if God had not changed the hearts of a few people who saw God for who he was and the better story he was writing— the Israelites would have gone right back into Egypt. They would have walked themselves into slavery, discounting every miracle that had already happened through the plagues and through crossing the Red Sea. Like these people had seen God work in miraculous ways. I think we really all have if we take a look, but they had seen God work. They had seen him as a part of their story throughout their entire lives. And yet because their logical brain said no, It can't be. They twisted the pain of their past and they made it their home. And that's not what God wants for us. God doesn't want you to stop at the story of abuse or the story of your weight or the story of the rape or the story of your divorce or the story of whatever it is. God does not want you to waste another day giving your energy to something that is not giving you life. But we have to question, what story are we believing? And where is God in this story? The truth is, we can't escape our past, but we can use our past to write a new story. Like the Israelites would never not remember their slavery days, just like you will never not remember the trauma. No amount of therapy will make it leave. I promise. I have tried. I have researched this. The events of your past will not change but the story can. And that's what's so powerful about the stories that we have. Yes, you've been through trauma. Yes, you've been through abuse. Yes, the story of your health hasn't been great, but you can change the story. You won't change what is or the events that have happened. You can't change the facts, but you can change the future. And it all starts by writing a new story of transforming that story and surrendering it to the God who wants to write a redemptive story over your life. In the midst of your hardest times, on the floor of the elevator, God found you. God showed up. And you can use all the miracles of the past instead of dismissing them, you can use them to walk through the wilderness and across the flooded Jordan River into the promised land. Because God showed up, God found you. Where is God in your story? Maybe you don't know yet, but He was there. I promise you that. He hasn't left. And maybe just listening to this podcast is that reminder that God is sending you, that He is here. He's trying to take the pain of the past and transform it into the greatest love story ever told. A story that is Him coming down from heaven to die on the cross so that all of us may experience life, no matter what our past has told us, no matter how much shame and guilt is there, but God. The truth is, the stories in the Bible are a constant stream of God's people messing up, God's people turning on God, God's people trying to take control, worshiping other gods, even falling prey to their own temptations. But God, He didn't leave. He didn't forsake us. He kept coming back. He's knocking at the door. Will you open it? And He's showing the stories are not of our failure, but of His success. It's a story of God's people crossing the Red Sea and the Jordan River, a story about feeding 5,000 from five loaves of bread and 7,000 not much long after. It's a story of building an ark in a desert when it had never even rained, and it's a story of an empty tomb. It's truly a powerful story that has the power to change the whole of who you are, which is exactly what stories do. More than ideas, stories encompass the whole of who we are. And it's the stories that create our belief. No one believes anything important with intellect alone. If only it was intellect, it would be an idea, not a belief. Faith-like stories engages all of us, not as parts of us, but as our whole. And I think this shows. is like one of the most worshipful things we do as humans is to live out of the true calling God has placed on us, to live out of our real, authentic, God-centered selves. This is what most glorifies God. And in that, we live out of our whole being, out of our mind, our intellect, our analysis, our intuition, our memory, our curiosity, imagination, our emotions, our desires, our affections, our fears, our purpose, our resolve, our motivation and perseverance. It's all being integrated in the story that we live. So maybe the only way to understand yourself is not to get wrapped up in who you are, but to start at the beginning. And as the Bible tells us again, in the beginning, God. It's the story by which all other stories, including our individual stories, are understood. We are wired to make and respond to stories. And the good news is, God tells us that evil does not have the last word because God is the hero of the story. Which brings me to point number three, and the last point that I wanna leave you with, we have to let God be the main character. Honestly, it's taken me years to get to this place where I stopped reaching for a better story and I lived out of the story that is my life, the story of my intended design, the story that God made me to live. It's not easy. I don't always like it. I can't understand it. And I'll admit, I've tried to run from it on a number of occasions, trying to be my own hero, which means I had to be my own author, which means my life was incredibly frustrating, overwhelming, and terrifying. Like, that is what happens when you try to be your own hero. It never goes well. It's always out of control. But this is truly that hero's journey. And honestly, the first time I heard the hero's journey, I knew something was wrong. And I don't know if you're familiar with the hero's journey. I'm not even that familiar with it. But essentially, it's this idea that most people in life follow a similar pattern. Like we depart from ourselves. We disassociate from who we are. We start writing a story that is not our story, but try to create a better story. This is like the food world at its finest, right? Like you hate your body, so you're gonna dissociate with it and try to change your body from the outside in. So you depart from your body, You try all of these things, right? You you try to do everything on your own. You try to change your body. You try to, to let the world be your hero, but then you return back to yourself and realize that you are your own hero. I don't even know if that's true or honest or how that goes, but that's like the general viewpoint of what I understood when I first heard the hero's journey. I happened to be at a conference, which was a place where um, I felt like God was leading me to start a podcast, and I was learning from other podcasters. They were talking about the mission of podcasting as it's to show people how to be their own hero, how to be and write stories about the hero's journey. And I think the need for self-help follows this, like the need to return back to a healthier self, when really the goal of life, the story is God created, was for us to return home to Him. Like the prodigal son, a coming home to his story, to live out of his truth, not to be our own hero. And the problem with self-help and the fascination we have with it is that, again, we, we try to be our own hero when being our own hero is impossible because, again, you can't fix something broken with what's broken. You can only fix something broken with something whole. And that wholeness is God and only God in his perfection. And honestly, this is the reason why I brought up this Jesus Therapy podcast was because I realized that we can talk about health all day long. We can talk about change all day long. But if we do not know the story in which we're living, true transformation and lasting change is impossible because we'll never be able to fix ourselves without a greater hope in something so much bigger than us. We have to get outside of ourselves to experience the change that we thought we could bring upon ourselves. So the hero's journey is not you departing from yourself, experiencing the world, and then coming home. The hero's journey is from you departing from yourself, recognizing your brokenness, and running home to God. And in running home to God, you actually come back to yourself because you see yourself for who you were created to be. And all of God's goodness, you were purposed here on earth for something. God didn't make a mistake in you. didn't make a mistake in anyone every single one of us was put here on earth for a purpose, to be a part of His story. And I want us to think about that. Like, what was I put here on earth to be a part of? Why did God love me so much to put me on this earth? And recount all the ways He's never left you, but He's constantly pursued you. So in some ways, the Bible is the ultimate hero journey. It's of people giving up on God, of turning from His plan and His story to live out their own, only for his people to come back home to him. Not all the time, but when we see when people don't come back home to him, we see how that ends. But we also see what happens when people willfully and humbly submit to the life in Christ, and that's freedom. And I know submission is like a backwards law. It feels like slavery, but submission to perfection is actually the opposite. It's absolute freedom. It's living and having the faith to know that the ending has been written and it's perfect. And because of that, you have the freedom to live right where you are. So this year, what I really want is I want to write a new story. I want to go back to God's story to see your whole being as purpose for something more than you're living for. I don't want us to say slave to these kinds of earthly things because you matter to God. Your health matters to God. Your relationships matter to God. Your work life matters to God. Your problems matter to God because you matter to God. But we have to stop seeing ourselves outside of what God tells us. We have to see that it's not our health that brings us life, but it's God that breathes life into our nostrils and allows us to use our health to go out and live. You have a story. Yes, it might be filled with embarrassment, shame, guilt, overwhelm, hate, joy, miracles. Yes, God cares what's been done to you. And he wants to transform that story into a powerful story to be used for his good. He doesn't want you to live a slave to your shame or to your embarrassment, but he wants to use it. So I think today, and before we go into the new year, I want you to ask, what story are you telling yourself? What story have you written or has someone else written over your life? And then what does God say about you? Who has he called you? for it's not what other people have called you, but what you have called yourself. What if this year we wrapped our life up into God's stories? We took our past story and saw God in the middle of all of it, working it all out to this exact moment when we can turn from wasting another precious year living for temporary hope rather than eternal hope. I don't think that means we have to throw away our desires to get healthy or our desires to reach a certain platform but that his desires may become your desires and in that the motivations for those things change rather than setting resolutions to achieve a state of health that you believe will make you, you realize God has already made you perfectly. And because of that, you are choosing to live as his design that's already inside of you. His ways are better than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his story ends in eternity of perfection So set the plans, create the goals, work on the habits. Those are all well and good. But would you do it for the glory of God's story, making Him center the author and finisher of your life and live out of that? Which really means, will you fully live this year? And as I close this, I really was trying to pray over and think about a verse. And I think in this time and place and after the years that we've been through and from what I hear you tell me is that worry, anxiety, this fear of the future, trying to perfectly plan life is a real struggle. And I get it. I get it so much. I mean, so much of my life is is, is run in a poverty mindset, a scarcity mindset, instead of God's abundant mind. And I wanted to shift that this year. So I feel like God was... Kind of showing me a verse that for me at least to meditate on and to pray about and to think about throughout the course of this next year. And I and I wondered what would happen as I truly embrace this verse as a part of my life, as a part of my story. And I wondered if that for you as well. So I'm gonna give you the verse. I'm gonna talk more about it over on the blog at The Living Well. You've heard this before, but the verse is Matthew 6:34. Therefore. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But I don't want to just stop there. I really want to see the context of this, to see the context of what God has promised us. So if you back up to verse 25 um, in this whole section, I think this is really important. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these." If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall I eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think it's just such a beautiful depiction of who God is and God and his character and what God promised us. It's transforming the story of what we've believed that we have to do all these things into surrendering to the one who is and can and will provide all of those things. And I wonder what's what would happen if we started to seek God for this story, for His loving kindness and His grace and His mercy and His provisions and His abundance over our life? What if we let go of this scarcity mentality that leads us to take control of situations that are far outside of our control and to surrender it to the one who is control? I think we'll find that our life would be satisfied, that all of the things that we write on our resolutions maybe would come to pass, at least come to pass in the story and the way God intended them to be. So this year, that is my prayer and my hope is that we will start to write new stories to see God in His grace and goodness, to understand that the story has already been finished, no more assumptions, and to live out of who He made you to be right now. As the year progresses, we're going to dive into one Jesus Therapy podcast a month, and it's all going to be writing new stories. Next year, it starts with the things that you speak over yourself. And the next month, we're going to talk about, are you closing your own door? So we have some good ones coming up. So stay tuned. I know that these are big, completely different podcasts than what I normally do, but this stuff matters. And I never would have called myself a Bible teacher or anything like that. Those are all stories that I'm working on changing to say, like, I'm not a Bible teacher. This isn't what I do. I'm a nutritionist, right? But to recognize myself for outside of who I've labeled myself and to see who God called me we're all Bible teachers. We're all people who, who were designed to speak God's truth. And so I hope this brings you encouragement. For the rest of the month, we're going to dive into more about resolutions, setting goals, coming up with a new vision. I hope this starts it off well to say that those things aren't wrong, but it's our motivation and our desire behind those things. It's the drive for writing a different story that actually changes the outcome that we achieve. This is the foundation that we need to work on to transform our life. Next week, we're going to talk about um, our conscious mind, making those decisions, changing our idea of goals to habit-based, getting into discipline, things that really matter. But today, this is your encouragement of Jesus. I hope it spurs you on to want to learn more, to learn more about His heart, to learn more about the story He wrote over you, and to dive into that living for His truth. I love you guys so much. Make sure you head on over to thelivingwell.com. Check out that post for today's podcast. And also, if you have questions or thoughts or you need help or prayer, email me at alexa at livingwell.com. Next week, we'll be back with another podcast talking all about the conscious mind and how you can use your conscious mind to transform your daily actions. Okay, see you back here next week.